Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Rob Schneider. And I'm Kevin David Thomas. And this is Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. You know where to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at this point. We can't say it enough. You can do the speech with us, right? right. So we, we are, yes, Kevin. Say yes, Kevin. Yes. Kevin's, Kevin's nodding. Kevin forgot it was a, an audio visual person. He goes, there he goes. He's going to nod. Say Don't it, worry, say I just it. glared at Rob. <laughs> he just, he, just he, he gave me a glare. I saw the glare. Um, we are very excited today because we have a guest back with us that we had um, a few years ago. And it turned out to be one of our most popular episodes. And everyone kept saying, when is he coming back? When are you getting him back? Um, and well, we got we got him back. And folks, it's the one and only Michael Levine. Michael, the the sheet music guru, expert, shaman. I, I, what other words can I can I use to describe Michael? Genius, brilliant music director, coach, music director, teacher. I mean, like every and, I mean, so much. international it, it, teacher, international. Everybody teacher. knows who this man is. I, we teach. Rob and I teach every single student. I've known Michael since I was in college twenty years ago because I sent away to get scores from him. But students to this day know this is a man who is a an infinite resource of, of knowledge and uh, musicianship. So and welcome, Michael. W- w- welcome back, Michael. How you, how have you been? How's life? That's great. I'm so happy to be with you guys. When you asked me, I was like, I wanted to do this again with you for so, so long. So I'm so glad to get back with you guys. Uh, we, we are so happy to have you. So, Michael, let's just do a little bit of a recap, if we can, for our listeners who might not have heard the first episode. You have perhaps one of... Uh, how how do we define your sheet music collection? I want to say it's one of I like to say one of the larger privately held collections of sheet music in the states in the world because once you say mine's larger, mine's the largest. Somebody's around is going to come around to say mine's bigger than yours, and I'm like, <laughs> put it that way. So I just say one of the. I mean, there are plenty of people who would say, "Well, I have a lot more sheet music than he does." I'm like, fine, okay. Like mm-hmm. Michael Feinstein, we trade all the time, but we all we both say constantly that our collections are only valuable. If we're sharing them with people and everybody wins oh, exactly yeah. like the, behind me you can see the shelves these yeah are guys there's the, floor to ceiling the, shelves you them, pull them out they're they're, they're about they're, they're fairly three deep, feet and deep and it goes way up and there's a, they, they fill my entire apartment i've got a storage locker downstairs that's packed to packed to the rafters the, and stuff so. the entire wall listeners the entire wall of, uh, is, is <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful you can see it i mean and then there, there's uh uh there's um yeah there's this wow so it goes on for a while. And there's, uh, of course, so much of it is on Dropbox because I, once you uh, can scan it in, if it's a piece of paper that doesn't have a beautiful cover, just something I, that was a Xerox, 
I will throw it away. Once I know it is in the cloud and I can access it anytime I want, I will throw it away. So that's well. What about historic? I mean, but is there do you, is there a demarcation line if it's like a his, historical piece of sheet music? Because some you know pieces are well. If it's an original, I'll keep, I'll keep it. You know, I'm just oh. saying it's a piece of paper that I can always run out and ah. print up again. Gotcha, gotcha, but, gotcha. But, but but I'm proudest of having all the originals. People say I have 600 scores. I said, yeah, but I have 600 actual scores, you know, in paperback that I can pull out that are original. You buy bought for however. When did you first start collecting? Well, I started collecting. I went to Columbia University and I started there. And there used to be a shop uh, right near here in Lincoln Center where I live called Hanson's. Hanson was a publisher of sheet music and they had their own store in Lincoln Center. And I used to go there. Actually, even in the 70s, before I started college, my family would come up here to visit my grandmother. And um, I would go over there and they would sell scores. I remember they had like half price sale and you could get the $25 published score of company for $12.50. And I thought, for twelve fifty, even for twenty five, I would have bought it. But I bought it for twelve fifty, and I started collecting when I was in college. There was also a shop called Lincoln Square Music and a shop called the uh, Singing Exchange. They were the Music Exchange. They were that was next to the Equity Building, and Lincoln Square was up by where Amda used to be on Seventy Third, where kind of still is, and in the Indian Sonia Hotel. And they had used rare, out of print stuff. So I would buy. I remember at Lincoln Square for like two bucks, I bought the cut songs that were published from a funny thing happened to the way to the forum. They published your eyes are blue and they published. I do like you. Do you know either of those songs? Either of you? I know your eyes I, are blue. I love that song. It's yeah. I don't know. I do like song. you though. I do like you. It's fabulous. It's a great, they published it as a solo, but it's actually a duet in the show. I could send one of the Alsanans. I can sing it for you. If you like, Oh yeah. And actually speaking of singing, that's why we have Michael here. One of the greatest joys um, when, when Kevin and I went to interview you was watching you open up the filing cabinets. And folks, when you see these filing cabinets open up, it's like Pandora's box. It is just filled with treasure upon treasure upon treasure. And to have Michael just pull one out randomly and introduce us to something that nobody has heard before, um, or only very few people have had a chance to listen to, it's it's like musical theater nirvana. I remember Kevin and I, we did not want to leave, did we? I didn't want you guys to leave. I was loving doing that. It was so much fun. It was the first time we had music contributed within the pod too. So that oh, was also oh. like thrilling that we never had anyone just say, Hey, let me, here's this, here it is. I'm going to play it for you right now. That was really special. And so today, because we're all in quarantine and we want to give everybody a little, a little joy, we're all going to go to Michael's apartment today. And welcome. Michael is going to welcome. And Michael is going to play for us some songs that, um, you know, obsc- obscure songs, cut songs, things that are, are, are gems that are, that are to him. Um, you know, let me ask you, Michael, maybe I hope if you play this, please shut me up and I won't ask you what was, what's your most prized collect piece in your collection? What's one that you look at and go, boy, it took me a long time to get that, but I'm happy I got it. Or somebody gifted it to you and you thought, boy, this is... Instead of songs, um, I'm going to pull them over here. If you know that 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 the show, this musical, I showed these to you guys last time. I probably even pulled them out and showed them you last time. But if you know what what, what musical Away We Go is, you guys know. But uh, the audience, if the audience sees the other songs from Away We Go, then they can probably figure out what it used to be called. Yes, so, this was Oklahoma out of town, and I love this first sheet because this is a song that was cut from away we from Oklahoma before it became Oklahoma, and it's signed by that's Celeste Holm, <gasps> Jess Irving, and uh, Joan Roberts, who was the original Lori. Wow! Um, you know that Joan Roberts, the original Lori, and Celeste Holm, the original Edo Edo Annie, died between within two weeks of each other, both at the age of ninety-five. 
a number My of years goodness. ago. Now, Boys and Girls Like You and Me, they kept trying to put it in shows because it's in the state fair. They put it in like three shows. Cinderella, I, I think Cinderella, there was an incarnation. Right. Yeah, It was originally written for Oklahoma. It doesn't feel like the rest of the sport uh, of Oklahoma. No. It was in it originally. So I think that's probably, particularly this first sheet. These sheets are pretty rare in general. But that first sheet, the, the, the Boys and Girls Like You and Me that was cut, I mean, you can find a copy for maybe seven hundred fifty dollars if you look for it, but you know it doesn't really come up very often. Either. How how did how did that come into your possession? Because once again, oh. folks, we'll we'll post a photo of this. But what Michael just showed us was boys and girls like you and me cut from Oklahoma, but it's not cut from Oklahoma; it's cut from Away We Go, the first title for Oklahoma. This is how did this signed by the cast? Signed by, by the cast. How did that how did you get this? So, I mean, true collectors would say it's worth less when it's been signed by somebody because it it. it defacing it but for for me it's much more valuable um i inherited the, the, the one of the reasons my collection became so big in the first place after 15 years of collecting was over 25 years ago i was good friends with a guy named arthur siegel arthur wrote all the music to a lot of the music to the new faces reviews in the 50s and 60s that created the started the careers of people like mel brooks and paul lind and eartha kitt and he lived across the street from me in the same building that betty comden lived in and i would go we would he would come over here with steve ross the cabaret pianist and roger sturdivant my late friend who was a casting director who had the largest collection of 78s in the world people like feinstein would go to him and trade with him not really the largest in the world but he had a very very large collection of 78s and um arthur would we would trade we would you know look trade thing music with each other and then when he died in 1994 brian gary you know brian gary wrote the musical yes yes late night comic very good no flies on you he was he is also the grandson of uh 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 uh, that i don't know this is what roger sturdivant used to do here we go you he was the grandson of it was it's not Charlie Chaplin, but it's something George, like Georgie Jessel. I don't you're know. Right, right, right track. Eddie Cantor. Eddie, Eddie Cantor. And his yep. thought, Eddie Cantor had three daughters, and they were famous, famous, famous in their day. And Janet had was was Brian, and Janet and Amanda, Amanda is Brian's sister. Janet had Brian and Amanda. Janet was very best friends with Arthur for for many many years. Uh, his Janet's sister was married to Robert Clary, who's um, LeBeau from Hogan's Heroes, who was also got his start on in the New Faces reviews. And I had dinner with Robert and um, Robert Clary, if you want to say it like that. Um, and uh, he sang Lucky oh, okay. Pierre in New Faces of 52. I had dinner with them in, in LA a number of years ago, and he's a hoot, he's a really a character. So Brian was in charge of the estate. And he just, and Roger and I went over there after Arthur died and he said, would you be interested in buying the whole collection? Our jaws dropped. And originally he wanted like $8,000. And I said, okay, nice to have chatted with you. Goodbye. And then Ed Schloss was a theater producer, uh, Broadway producer, off-Broadway producer. He decided to put in $6,000 of it. I never even met him. He died since then. And he paid for the bulk of it. And I put in, not only did I only put in 2000 but I put in uh $200 a month over 10 months that I would send a check down to Arthur's brother, Eddie, in, in Florida. And it was a whole day. Of, Arthur lived to be to the age of 70. And when he was, he'd been collecting since he was 12. And people like Julie Stein and Richard Rogers would give him sheet music, say, would you play this and learn this song? So I had a lot of things actually in Richard Rogers' handwriting. And when wow. I first got it contacted by the Rogers and Hammerstein organization, I kind of became un, 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 unofficially on retainer with them. They would go to me, Ted Chapin would call me and say, we're looking for this weird Richard Rogers and Hart song. And I said, oh, I have it. It's in Rogers' handwriting. It's barely illegible, but, and he, or, or I would have it 
copied by a copyist, but without chord symbols and just with single notes. So you have to figure out from the key what chord it was, the chords were, but there was the music that they had nothing in there. And there were a lot of those, actually. I still have a lot they haven't gone to me for. But Arthur also had a lot of things he would transcribe, a lot of things he would do lead sheets because he would play in piano bars and he would also do a lot of the Ben Bagley recordings. And he would, um, he's very much the musical director in many of the Ben Bagley recordings and sings on them too. And he would... Put, I can show you, I, well, I, I, this, is, this is an example of a piece of sheet music that he would write out and he would, I have a lot of those. Um, so Arthur had that music, he had that Away We Go sheet. So, and he had a lot of wonderful things. For example, one of the things Arthur had, another rare piece of music is, is this is the vocal selections to Red Hot and Blue. It's hardcover, spiral bound, you know, that's spiral bound, beautifully bound with silk cover. And it's, it's the vocal selections to, to Red, Hot, and Blue, huh. and all, the, all the sheet music. But what makes it worth maybe eight $900, can you guess, is that in the back, yes, it's numbered and signed by Cole Porter. So oh, wow. I, I, when oh, I showed it to my. Michael Feinstein, my, Michael said, oh, yeah, mine's number 78. I said, yeah, mine's number 78. <laughs> but, you know, but we both have it. And I, I have a similar thing for Ira Gershwin. When Ira Gershwin... Um, when he was still alive, Roger went third of it went to this thing. This and I inherited Roger sheet music, and I've inherited a number of collections. And that's Elise Breton, another collection I inherited. She wrote the dance music. The only Broadway show she wrote the dance music to was 1776, and she was best friends with Sherman Edwards, who wrote the music and lyrics to Shannon 1776. So she died maybe ten years ago, and she somebody who was in charge of her estate told her to call me and he called me and he just gave me the collection and i had to rent a car because the upper west side piling boxes and wonderful sheets out of print stuff i didn't have every published song that you've never heard of by sherman edwards including ones that he wrote with elise and around five three or four cut songs from 1776 that nobody knows oh Um, and uh, and also the only other show she worked on was a show called Swing, not the one you know, but from 40 years ago. There was a musical by um, uh, uh, Geld and Udell who wrote Shenandoah and Pearly called An Angel. An Angel, <laughs> of mine. They, this this played at the Kennedy Center in 1980, and I was living down there then. And uh, I didn't see it. Debbie Gravi, Debbie Shapiro back then was in it, and she <laughs> we love a great song from it on her CD. And I and I always wanted the score. Actually, no, I'm sorry. It wasn't by Gelden Udell. It was by Bob, Robert Waldman and Alfred Urey. Oh, yes, of course. Ah. Of, uh, of, of, of uh, Robert Brygram. Robert Brygram, And that's right. And this was around four years after Robert Brygram. And I did a project. They, well, what other show did they write? Before they wrote Robert Brygram? Before that. It, uh, gosh, before. I cannot remember. Alfred, Alfred Urey. And... One Night on Broadway. It starred Heather McRae and Heather... Uh, recorded for me one of her big songs from it, and we it had a counter melody, and we asked Bob Waldman whether he would put a dummy track down of the uh, until we got somebody in. So I went to his apartment. We had a lovely time. Talked about swing. He didn't want to give me the score because he only wanted to record it if we would provide an orchestration orchestra. And I said I can only have money for piano, but since then I have the whole score because at least wrote the music. Uh, the other show they wrote is called Here's Where I Belong. It's a ah, yes. by um, Dying uh, of East of Eden. We would first, yes. first libretto for a musical by what Pulitzer Prize winning playwright? Terrence McNally. Very good. Yes. And it also starred Ken Kerchival from Dallas, that great musical comedy star, Ken Kerchival. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, it, I, I, it's got some really lovely songs. Barbara Walsh recorded this, uh, this song, uh, Reveille's Son, that, that Heather recorded also in one of the uh, Bruce Kimmel recordings yeah. years ago. But it's a great, it's a fascinating uh, 
story and, and a great musical. And But Swing is a really great score that I want to do something with. I'm trying to resurrect scores that have not been recorded. And the other score I'm going to be doing an entire CD of uh, that I've got five songs recorded already that were on this podcast the other day for Moment Magazine. Uh, the show is called Laugh a Little, Cry a Little. Very Jewish, as in Laugh a Little, Cry a Little. You've probably never heard of it because it did not play on Broadway. It played what's co- what was called the Goober Gross Circuit. Goober Gross Circuit consisted of theaters in the round, often outdoors, including Westbury Music Fair, Valley Forge in Pennsylvania, the Lambertville Music Circus right outside New Hope. Hence... And- And uh, Painter's Mill in Maryland. Uh, And and I used to go to Shady Grove and see stuff there. And this starred Jan Pierce. The music was by Gary William Friedman, who wrote the music too. Uh, 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 Not that nobody knows. knows. Oh, okay, good. Um, And the lyrics were by Arnold Horwitz, who wrote the lyrics too. Oh, no, I don't know that one. Oh, I'm stopping you guys. Okay. Let my people come. I don't know. Plain and fancy. Oh, plain and fancy. Duh, of course. How do you raise a barn? Is that, thank you. Plain, he wrote those words. Plain and Fancy was the first musical with dance music by uh, Peter Howard. Now, Peter Howard was my mentor for 15 years. Oh. I ran 12 years ago. Peter um, also conducted Laugh a Little, Cry a Little. And Laugh a Little, Cry a Little was about an upper an a, a, a immigrant family from the overseas who comes to, during the time of Ellis Island, comes, lives in the Lower East Side, and there. Uh, it, it was kind of a series of anecdotes. It was ideally... Madeline Guilford, Jack Guilford's wife, came up with the idea of musicalizing Leo Rostin's book, The Joys of Yiddish. So she went to Gary William Friedman. They, they went to, to, uh, to, to eventually to Arnold Horwitz, and he said, let me write an actual book for this musical. And uh, there, so he wrote, it was a series of vignettes, but we, uh, Gary sent me the songs and I said, these are terrific. I want to record them. So I got one of my friends, I got Richard Kind to, to, to sing with uh, Michael McCoy, who's an actor who was in the Phantom Tour, Marty Robb, who was a longtime Christine on the Phantom Tour, only Phantom actors. Um, and I also got um, Nick Blameyer to sing a song called Sabbath Song. Uh, I got Nora Menken, Alan's daughter, who's a good friend. That family is very old friends with my family. And she sang a song called Morris Brodkin Loves Me. And um, so we've recorded those. And now I'm going to get the rest of the score. And Gary Stevens, who was in the original cast of Merrily We Roll Along, when he was 11, he, was in, he played Jan Pierce's grandson in Laugh a Little, Cry a Little. So he's full of stories, great recall. He can remember every aspect of the show. And I can show you photos of, of the backstage and photos of this, the program and everything like that. It's a, it's a fascinating show with a really, really nice score. And Gary's become a friend, and I really like his work. And I want to expose it. So I'm going to do some more songs from that eventually. That's great. So is this like, so you want to start recording, I'm assuming, shows that have just never had an album produced. Is that right? Yes, ideally, or even just themed themed albums. Sure. I was working, I have a lot of stuff in the can that I've actually recorded but haven't put out. And now that people aren't buying CDs, but they're buying MP3s, I don't necessarily have to wait till I have enough for a full album or I can put them out a lot easier. I did right. a, an album myself to go away from the Broadway thing for a second where I sang nothing but 20s and 30s songs with the most obscure being something like Tootsie. So it was all really, really well-known songs where I put four hands, I put a separate track, maybe even a third track, I added bass, I added drums, and uh, to his credit, Bruce Yeko pr- proposed, who was producing the Lost Broadway series at one time, said, why don't you get some of your famous friends to record duets from previously unrecorded shows of the 1920s and 30s? So I got nobody you've ever heard of. I got 
Laura Osnes, Rebecca Luker, Heather McRae, and Daisy Egan. X. That's with me. And uh, Rebecca, as I remember at the time, Rebecca was playing Laura's fairy godmother on Broadway in, in Cinderella. And I remember Laura's first interval was a tritone. And she went, Papa. She kept trying to hit it. And Laura's leaning in the, 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 the studio, just laughing at her hysterically. And then Laura and I weren't quite getting, we were, I was singing with them. I'd put a track down, we'd sing. And I could, she could, we couldn't quite get the acting. So I said, let's just do it right to each other. And we just totally acted it and it all worked. That's a song from, from Good News because the original 1932 Good News was never recorded. It was not used in the later version that Wayne Bryan did in Wichita. But it's, it's very much a precursor to All or Nothing from Oklahoma, bringing things back to Oklahoma again. And it's very much a kind of challenge song between the man and the woman. And Laura was everything we love about her. She was great. And, uh, and Daisy sang a song called My Sweetheart Tis of Thee that I'm, that I'm a big fan of, fan of mm -hmm. by Johnny Green. Johnny Green, the famous band leader, composer of mm -hmm. Body and Soul. And uh, uh, Rebecca did a song called Dancing Honeymoon from a musical called Battling Butler, that played 1922, I believe. It played both on the West End and on Broadway. Um, not, these are not shows you're going to know, but they no. Wow. I have G music, and eventually I'll show you the recordings. So a lot of stuff, and it's a lot of other stuff in the can. Uh, mm -hmm. Walter Frisch is a professor at Columbia University, and he was doing a bunch of work on Harold Arlen. And he got access to Muhlenberg that has an enormous collection of Arlen, Library of Congress, Lincoln Center Library, a bunch of Arlen collections, got the most obscure Arlen music. We traded with everybody, with each other. So we have every Arlen, wonderful, unknown Arlen songs. And I recorded one called How, How's By You that I believe has a Yip Harburg lyric. It's fantastic. And I got Nahal Joshi, if you know Nahal, who was in the... In the Good friend, yes. Probably. He and, and, and Aaron Davies done a lot of stuff with me. Over done shows with both of them, yes. Good people. Uh, I, I saw the show where they met. I saw a Carousel at Olney Theater in Maryland where oh. he was, uh, she was, uh, uh, help me, Julie Jordan. And yes. uh, uh, Cesar Samayoa from Come From Away was Billy Billy. Oh, he's great. Worked for me. And, yeah. and Mr. Snow was Nahal. They've been together ever since. That's like maybe 15 years. Yeah. And they're kind of family friends. They've done concerts with my parents at my parents, in my parents' condo and stuff. So I and so I got Nahal and a bunch of other wonderful performers to do this song. That's a great. So I have a lot of stuff in the can that eventually maybe I can debut. Oh, I hope you. so. Yes, yes, I hope so, definitely. Well, I, I, I would love to, I don't know, hear something on the piano. I'm dying to hear some music. If I told you, this is for both of you, see so if you get this, this is your first quiz question. Oh, oh God. God. If I told you I was singing the title song from My Fair Lady, what would I be singing? Are, are we talking about the actual title song? Are we actually talking about the title My Fair Lady, or was there like another title? It's and song that's called My Fair Lady. Okay, here's the Stumped. answer. It was a musical called Tell Me More. Here is the, music, the sheet music to Tell Me More. It's a song by George and his lovely wife. <gasps> and, oh, yes. And it's from 1920, uh, is it 22? I think it's what? 25, it looks like. But when it was out of town, it had a different title. Here's the same piece of sheet music with the original title. And there's the original title. My Fair Lady. <laughs> And if you look at the list of songs, there was a title song. Now, I don't have the sheet music to the title song, but they had what was called the selections, where they would put all the, a lot of the songs of the show. Um, I mean, they did publish it, but I just don't happen to have that copy. So here's the instrumental of the title song. We can go to the complete lyrics of um, Ira Gershwin and find the lyric to this, but at least I'm going to show you how the melody to the song My Fair Lady went. It went something like this. Uh, 
My How brother, cool is that? George Gershwin. And Popular really, Gershwin. Wow. Actually, I take that back. It says lyrics by B.G. De Silva, Desmond Carter, and Ira Gershwin. So oh. three great lyricists to write the lyrics for that show. Oh, here's a little trivia, a little tidbit that I can show you guys. Many years ago, 26 years ago, I musically directed whoop de doo You know the musical whoop de doo It was yes. the, the sequel to it was called When Pigs Fly, which many of mm-hmm. you know. Of course. Know. Yeah. whoop de doo started off Broadway, the Actors Playhouse in the Village in 1993, and I was the, 1992, at the end of the run, 1994, 1993, I play, mm-hmm. I started subbing for it. I remember uh, one of the, what they had, um, um, uh, who imitates Liza? Michael West. You know Michael West? Yes. Uh, yeah. Know? would imitate Liza Minnelli in one of the sketches. And it was about a desert island where a, a, a box of records and a record player fell from the skies from an airplane onto this desert island. And the, the inhabitants of the island learned English from listening to, you know, they listened from listening to these show albums. So then the real Liza Minnelli fell down from the skies and landed on the island. And I remember originally it was Tommy Femia as Judy Garland. But then when he left the show, Liza came and and then the, the, the inhabitants of the island all look at her and go, Liza. And she goes, well, who are you expecting? Lorna? Well, no, Lorna's <laughs> my sister and I love her. Well, she's my half sister and I half love her, which is my favorite <laughs> line of Michael West. But, um, and then, so then one of the performances, Joel Gray was in the audience and Liza's, Michael is Liza. Ladies and gentlemen in the audience, my dear friend, Joel Gray. And the real Joel Gray stood up and started bowing. Everybody's like looking around. The theater was packed. It was at the very end of the run. Cameron McIntosh saw it, loved it, decided to give Dan Crawford 25,000 pounds to produce it at the King's Head in London. And they couldn't find a musical director they liked there who had enough control and talent. So they brought me over to, to musically direct it with some amazing people. Christopher Biggins, who's a big celebrity there, and really wanted Ray C. Davis, who was one of the dancers in the movie of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. It was, it was oh, really Oh, wow. Derek Jacobi, uh, uh, I Claudius, remember I Claudius? Yep. Uh, Christopher Biggins was Nero in I Claudius, but also Ashley Knight, who was in our show, who just did Funny Girl with Christina Bianco in Paris. He was young Claudius, young Derek Jacobi in I Claudius. So the two members of I Claudius. So when Livia, what's her name? Uh, the wonderful actress who played Livia. She came to the show. We had three people. We almost wow. had two colleagues there. It was a really exciting time. And um, so I went, Robert Longden, who wrote Moby Dick. You remember the m- musical that Cameron McIntosh? Yes. It's with the, the kid, the school, where they're putting on a That's musical. Exactly right. yes. So Robert and I became friends. And he invited me to Cameron's office. And Cameron was out of town. And he said, well, let's look around. I said, I saw a stack of these. <laughs> I'm just taking a couple of these. It's taking in my pocket. And this is called a... Fandom, P-H-A-N-D-L-O-M, contents one condom, one chocolate, and it says here, sheathe yourself in the mystery of the night, or better yet, it says, um, slowly, gently, night unfurls its splendor, grasp it, sense it, tremulous and tender. The perfect words, right, for this. Or at the office? Phantom condoms. We've never seen this on the show before. Past the, past the point of no return, our passion play is now at last begun. So I gave, I gave one to, uh, to, to uh, Davis Gaines, who I'd be friends with, and, uh, but the only other one I have is here. So there's a little bit of Broadway. Tell me more, or My Fair Lady. I thought I'd sing a song that has, that has fame as a title because just, a, just the year after this show played, or two years after this show played, the same title appeared in a major Broadway musical that you still know and, and you can probably sing the real song. This is an up-tempo. The one by Jerome Kern is a ballad. So what is the show first, the 27 show? Um, that's by Jerome Kern. Yes. Okay, um, not, hold on. 
It's pretty obscure. I don't think you'd know it. It's called Showboat. No? No. Never mind. So from Showboat, here, here is the same <laughs> song, the same title. Here is a title from Tell Me More. That, oh, my God. Look that at that. The same title. So this one goes like this. He's, she sings. So we're starting with she. She sings. I made it look down a bit because I haven't really done this right here. I was so willing to believe that love is thrilling, but of late a doubt is filling my mind. You say you adore me, that should be sufficient for me, but the path of love is stormy, I find. When love gets you, it upsets you. All day long I phone you Cause I'm never sure I own you Darling, ever since I've known you I find Oh Who do I Do I love you Love you, love you My How I love you, love you, love you When we met It's true I never knew That love could do this to me No Time for sleeping Sleeping, sleeping, just time for weeping, weeping, weeping blue the whole night through. Oh, tell me why do I love you? And he sings, dear, it is my duty to announce that what was not your beauty that convinced me you're the cutie to woo. Lately, more's the pity I have noticed in the city many girlies twice as pretty as you. Though they thrill me, gal, you kill me. <laughs> You're a loving bandit, and to you I've got to hand it, but I cannot understand it. It's true. Oh, why do I love you, love you, love you, my, how I love you. Love you, love you when we met, it's true. I never knew that love could do this to me. No, time for sleeping, 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 just time for weeping, weeping, weeping blue. The whole night through. Oh, tell me why do I love you? Yeah, that's incredible. What a fun song. And that was, that was again. That was called Why Do I Love You from Tell Me More, formerly known as My Fair Lady. My Fair Lady. Ah, wow. I um, love yeah, it. Lyric by BG Da Silva and Ira Gershwin. So it took two grades to collaborate Gershwin. on that lyric. Clever. I mean, really clever lyric. I mean, it's really fun. I want to sing that song. <laughs> yeah, I'll send it to you, yeah. Hello. This is Patsy Tavis. Not the young one. No, I'm 122 years old, right? But the boys at Behind the Curtain asked me to ask you for some money because, let's face it, I'm quite musical and I was a Broadway baby. So head over to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and set up a monthly donation or get your sister Bobby to do it or some assistant. And I would not say no to a pack of smokes. Thank you. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? 
Oh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So if I was to tell you, you're probably both going to guess the correct answer for this. But if I'm going to sing to you a song that tell me exactly what it is. It's called Don't Say F-A-T in Front of Conrad. Oh, I, I, I know the show. Is that, is that what I'm supposed to guess? You may. Is Go it, ahead. It's probably Bye Bye Birdie, but not Bring Back Birdie? <laughs> I think it's Bring Back Birdie, right? Is it Bring Back Birdie? Well, what's the, what's the secret? Um, um, that, uh, oh, uh, that about Conrad or about, no, about Mrs. Peterson? Oh, oh. Saw, oh, I oh. Know. I don't know. Is that it was cut. It wasn't in the show. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yes, yes, of course. Oh. If you know the CD of Don't Think I Say F.A.T. produced by Robert Cher. Yes, of course. If you know that CD, you'll, you'll be, I don't know that song because it's not no. in the CD because it was a cut song. But, but, but I, I saw I, the show. I was taking a course at Columbia at the time with Lee Adams, lyricist of Bye Bye Birdie and Bring Back Birdie at the time in the spring of 1981. And we were like his, um, his therapist. We'd come in every Friday afternoon. And go, what was he like? We cut, we cut Don't Say F.A.T. this week. And he would tell us all the things. And um, I went to the box office at the Mar- then the Martin Beck, now known as the Hirschfeld. And I would say to the box office guy, I want to get a standing room. And he knew me. He'd see me coming. Go. So he would sell me for $7. I'll say that again. $7. Mm-hmm. He'd sell me an orchestra seat because they didn't have standing room. They still don't at the Beck, at the Hirschfeld. So he would give me a nice orchestra seat for $7. So there were never that many people in the audience to begin with. And I saw the show throughout. It previewed for several weeks. Now, do you remember who played? Now, this was this was you know, fat Elvis, Elvis later when he gained weight, that's why it's don't say F-A-T because this was right. a professional Elvis Presley impersonator named um, Marcel Forestieri played Conrad Birdie heavier and he had to lose weight and he was trying. And then they had another song that was cut called shape up where they had these soap opera actors, Colleen Zenk, who I've been recent since, since then become friendly with and her daughter. Now who played uh, Albert and Rose's daughter in bring back Birdie. I, I know that Robin Morse, that's correct. Was the daughter. That's right. That's what I've said. That's what I asked. Wow. And the okay. son. I don't remember who played the son. His name's Evan Seplo. Um, uh, Ro- Robin was a good friend of mine because I had gone to French Woods with Robin. The same um. And I've known her since she's, you know, 14. So I, and she had auditioned as I had. I went, I got up at seven o'clock in the morning just to, to the Minscott rehearsal studios to audition for the, the open call for Merrily Rollon. Back on October, I think it was October 7th, 1980. Some dates you don't oh, forget. Wow. And you can see my audition if you go see The Best Worst Thing That Ever Happened, the movie by Lonnie Price, because 20 minutes in, they actually show my me singing Johnny One Note at my audition. And I signed, I, I, I was so early in line, I could there was a sign-up sheet, nobody had signed up. So I could have put myself as number one. I said, well, I'll put myself as number seven. And I stupidly didn't sign Robin up. And she came, why didn't you sign me up? I said, oh, I didn't think of it. And she, here's a little known fact, which I told Gary Stevens the other day, Robin Morse was cast 
Marilee Rowan, but she was also cast in Bring Back Birdie, and Marilee got postponed six months, and she really wanted to wait and do the Sondheim show, but her agent said, no, 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 you've got, you've been hired to do Bring Back Birdie. You have to turn down Marilee. She was like, all right. And, you know, she would have had 12 more performances. Marilee had 16. <laughs> Bring Back Birdie only had four, but, you know, but she was, you know, so I went to the first preview, the second preview, the first preview. It was notorious because you remember the first act ender, there was a punk rock band, and the name of the rock band was... I don't remember, but I no, remember not, uh, not the toilets. Um, uh, that's, that's that was it right after that. But the name of the rock band was Filth. Filth. Yeah, and they were singing, "We are filth, we are filth." And then the first act ended with with Albert Donald O'Connor sitting on a toilet seat. And the second <laughs> performance, I remember, I was standing outside the theater listening to the audience. They were booing because it was not what you'd call. That said, the score has some terrific, terrific songs, and they Agreed. did a concert. Agreed. That, at the duplex a number of years ago, maybe 10, 12 years ago. And Charles Strauss went to see it and he said it healed a hole in his heart because he realized that it really wasn't that bad a show. I'd like to sing another song besides this one from another musical that had was roundly trounced, another sequel that was roundly trounced. And it was so glitzed up that you couldn't tell how good the score is. But when I musically directed it at the duplex in the same year they did Bring Back Birdie, um, it was said that how wonderful the score was. Even I could I could not get the composer to come see it. You know what show that is? Not any Warbucks or Miss no, Hannigan's it Revenge. Played on Broadway. It played oh, okay. A sequel that played on Broadway. Oh, uh, Best Little Whorehouse Goes Public. And ding, ding, ding. So, oh, I love it. for you, Kev. Carol Hall is a, is a, was, was a dear friend of mine. I love We'll her. let the devil take us. We'll go down you know, to Vegas. I directed it. Yes. I loved it. And it's got some great songs. And I told Carol, yes. we're doing it every time I would run into her. And she would just smile at me. And then her husband said, you know, she, that's such a sore subject. I saw the show in rehearsal at the Nederlander Theater, not where it opened, in with no sets, no costumes, just a pianist and Tommy Toon sitting on a chaise in the middle of the theater with an audience. A chaise? Are you lying? You're not lying, are you? No, you're not lying. He was in a chaise. Lay on a chaise, you're directing. And, no uh, way. And we maybe not with, with Horace, but certainly when I saw Grand Hotel in rehearsal, he was in the middle of theater. But there were no sets, no costumes, and we thought it was wonderful because you just hear the songs. But then they glitzed up with $5 million Bob Mackie counts, and you didn't get a sense of how good the score is. When mm. I did it by myself, people were like, this is a really wonderful show and or yeah. a wonderful score. Maybe not the best book in the world. It's got tax evasion and stuff like that. I'm, I'm not going to go super fast with this song because I'm kind of sight reading it. And it's handwritten in Charles's hieroglyphics, which are pretty hard to make out. But the show goes some, this is Don't Say F.A.T. So it's something like this. It, it's ideally, eventually, Don't Say F.A.T. in front of Conrad, but I'm going to sing it a lot slower. It's a pattern. Thank so. you. Don't say F-A-T in front of Conrad. That's the word that leaves him off the wall. Don't say F-A-T in front of Conrad. Or hell, or, or he'll go berserk and kill us all. <laughs> Don't say anything. Oh, you know what? Then it says the words, etc. So they didn't even clear it, clear it, get the lyrics for the second verse. But the chorus goes, Sensitive, I almost seem unskinned, but that's what he's not. Michelob, imagine the six packs that led to that pot. So please don't use that word in front of Birdie. 
that which starts with F and ends with T. If he does, we'll sing. If he doesn't sing, we'll all be sued by NBC. How he drove him wild, how they screamed for him. We must, uh, we must make him famed. Will he's still cute and slim? If he, if he gets, if his, uh, if he gets word dead if he bolts if he quits we're dead and that and that will be that so never say fat no and ends uh okay conrads go out there and get them da, 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 no lyrics here then now that he would that i would kill him that earnest largest excited fastest singing star he's the whole then it just says etc so this is interesting i love it I just remember, as soon as I saw the sheet music, I went, oh, I can absolutely, I can always sing those, that first line because I remember that so well. It would be scene song. They kept interrupting it with a piece of a scene and then continuing along. That's great. Et cetera. That's, that's, that's the brilliant Lee Adams. I have many. Well, actually, I have a script. The first draft of Sweeney Todd, the script of Sweeney Todd. What? Sweeney's brother was a major character in the show. And this time they would get killed by a, a razor would be going into their stomach, plunged into their stomach. It was really, and then often they would set up a song and it would say more to come. And you would just see more to come. And sometimes they would have early versions of the songs. And I also have a, a script to the girls upstairs, which you know as Follies. What? What? And that was a murder mystery. You've heard that Follies was originally a murder mystery? No, no. Yeah, that's the original script of Follies. So that's how they called the girls upstairs. I've heard a couple of drafts of Follies before it became... <sighs> Well, we know. So huh. we should do a reading of one of those. Right I was going to say, we should do a, a Zoom That's reading of the fun. girls upstairs. We should. I know. It's a great idea. I did, I did just, it just popped into my head that I have those, some of those early scripts. Great. I'll well, show you this song from um, Bessel Horace Goes Public, if I may. Yes, please. There is a wonderful actor. There is a wonderful actor. Uh, tell me his, his who, who starred opposite D. Hody. D. Hody was Mona. These are the two characters from the show, the pre pre previous musical, The Bessel Horace in Texas. Uh, the sheriff and uh, Mona. What? Um, what did? Uh, who was the actor who played? No, I'm sorry. This is actually not Ed Earl Dodd. It was a character named Sam. They created a new character, but he was played by Scott Holmes. Scott Holmes was a soap star on As the yes. World Turns, who I loved. But Scott Holmes was also the original Los Angeles. In Che, City of Ange che oh, no. and Evita. Before at the same time, Mandy Patinkin did it. Scott Holmes was doing it. So that early, very, very, very early. And he was, you know, a wonderful actor. I just loved his work. And late in, late in the show, he discovers, I don't know, that things are going to turn out or that he likes he likes the woman. Everything's gonna, not, not as bad as it is. And he sings this song from the Best of the Whorehouse Goes Public. There is there a CD, Rob? I don't think there is. Is there? There is. Oh, yeah, there's a recording. There is. A CD. So there is? There is. Oh, yeah, it was a favorite thing. Yeah, I loved I actually it. Have yes, a I have a DVD that I've spread around to some of the cast members, but I still have a bunch of other copies of it, of the original production. I, I keep telling oh. Casey Nicola, and he's like, oh, I want it. I said, I want to give it to you. So, but this is a song you can hear on, you can actually hear the CD of it, but I'll sing it anyway. It's called Changing Me. I can see there's a change in me. Something's been rearranging me, and I like it. I like what I'm seeing here. I'm turning into a new human being here And I'm feeling so strange It's been a real big change I can feel there's a shift in me Something funny is lifting me I was foggy A bumbling loop 
palooza. Now I'm turning into a lollapalooza. What a lovely exchange. It's been a real big change. My life is bubbles cause I got me no more troubles to spare. And I'm walking on air, don't you see me? I, the door's unlocking and the world's just, just a rocking along. As easy as a song, there ain't any more blues here. Something's better for choosing here, something lucky. A feeling that's creeping in. Every day I get more of it deepening. I'm completely deranged, it's been a real big change. What living teaches is that everything is peaches and cream, like a dream coming true. If you try it, a piece of cake and it's all there just for the taking and free. It's there for you and me, there ain't any more blues in here. Something better for choosing here, something lucky. A feeling that's creeping in Every day I get more of it deepening What a lovely exchange It's been a real big change It's been a real big A real big change That is awesome. That's fantastic. Now, the arranger of that show was the wonderful Peter Matz, one of the best in the business, who arranged, you know, Sir Streisand for years. Right. The most brilliant uh, versions of songs that that you just don't see all the time. And I think that's Agreed. really one of its, yeah. I mean, that makes the songs that much better. Yes. Than, you know, than you think who, who's your, I mean, I, I, it might be hard to put you on the spot, Michael, but who's your favorite arranger? It might be Peter. It might be Peter Howard for vocal arrangements. For of course, arrangements. of course, yeah. Um, we were just have you. We were just talking about this a couple of weeks ago. Have you seen? Uh, it just resurfaced on YouTube. It's about fourteen minutes of Peter Howard um, doing an NYU. You play uh, NYU NYC. I, I, know, I know that. I mean, I, he took me on the Queen Elizabeth QE two in like two thousand three when he did that show on the QE2. So I watched him do it nightly. And uh, Oh, that's great. Together and spent a lot of time in London. I took Peter on what we call his trip to Bountiful to LA in, his, in like 2005. <laughs> and we went over to Danny Daniels' house, who he was very good friend. We went to a reading of, um, at the Pantages Theater, they did a reading of the screenplay of Casablanca starring Christian Slater and Anne Heche and a lot of other oh, wow. people in the cast. Oh. We got Peter Hunt's seats because Peter Hunt directed it and Peter Hunt had directed, who just died the other day, yeah. he directed yeah. 1776 originally. Right. Peter. So Peter, we accidentally took Peter Hunt's house seats and Peter had the scramble for seats himself. And so <laughs> right in front of us, Peter, this is the way Peter would introduce you to famous people. He assumed you knew him. Oh, Peter, Michael, you know Angela Lansbury, right? And I went, no, nice to meet you. you know, she was sitting right in front of us, but it was really, <laughs> it was really fun. What else you got for us? This is incredible. Do you know, do you know this show... One of you might know it. Musical version of the Tea House of the August Moon. What's it Lo- called? Lovely, Lovely ladies, kind, kind gentlemen. And when, who's the producer of the album? <laughs> one guess. Robert Shear. There you go. Um, Give uh, you one is, guess. And they did publish vocal selections for this show. So these are the... Oh, well, I've never seen those. I didn't know that, actually. And actually, I have the lovely and talented Franklin Underwood signed my selections here oh wow writing to michael thanks for being here Franklin that's cool wrote the lyrics with stan freeman's music stan i love stan freeman i had a ball 
Right, Stan Freeman wrote wonderful things. He wrote, there was a review around 25 years ago at the Rainbow and Stars. You've heard of the late lamented Rainbow and Stars? Yes. The Rainbow Room. And it was a review of uh, Leonard Bernstein. Had amazing, Marilyn Kasky, I don't know if you know who she is. She's, uh, she was a long time Adam Jury in the Tour of Phantom. But she was in her, she was starred in, uh, was, it was in um, another Robert Cher show, uh, the Utter Glory of Marcy Hall. Marcy Hall. And, um, uh, she, and, and who else was in that? She, she can tell you who else was in the show, but Stan Freeman was the pianist for that show. And he did this amazing instrumental version of Cool from West Side Story that was the most pianistic. I have, I think I have it somewhere here, his actual arrangement. It was, and then Lee Musiker, Stan left the show and Lee Musiker took over. It was Barbara Cook's musical director for many years. And this is a song that um, Steve Ross does a lot at a, at a, it's actually a good song to sing for an audition because it's called Call Me Back. Call Me Back. <laughs> so it's something like this by Stan Freeman and Franklin Underwood from 1971. So cool. And you know who else was in this show? June Angela was, was one of the leads. June Angela was the lead in Shogun the musical. But also, girl, woman I've become dear friends with and I love so much, Lori Tan Chin. You know her from... Yes. Uh, Orange is black. Yeah. But also she was in, what was that show at Paper Mill with Matt Sklar? Gotta Dance, Halftime. Remember it had it had a d- bunch of different titles, yeah. Right, with George Angle. And yes, Lori. yeah, yeah. And uh, Lori was in this one 50 years ago when she was young. So, so cool. You know, something like this. Clap your hands and I'll just take a bow. Snap your feet, I'll tell a joke right now. Snap your fingers for my book and wing. Play me an arpeggio, I promise you I'll sing. Call me Mr. Hokum, call me Hack. Well, there's not a single talent you can name I lack. When I leave, call me Ham, come, and that's what I am. Call me back, call me back, call me back. You can call me anything you like, but one fact still remains. I guess that must work. Guess most everybody's got Lou Grease paint in his veins. I'll turn some somersaults. Throw some spoons, I'll play the minute waltz. Yell bravo and I'll contact the lunts. Whistle and I'll juggle seven oranges at once. Be my captive clappers, be my clack. You can set my engine purring on that spot the track. Call me bad, call me far, call me mad, call me more, but call me back. Call me back, call me back. Kids out there, you have an audition song. Michael just is. gave you a great, funny idea for an audition song. That was Call Me Back from Lovely Ladies, Kind Gentlemen. Now, I'm going to show you something that was also cut from a Broadway musical. This is a song called You'd Be Surprised, and it's not, <laughs> if only it was the Madeline Kahn one, the Irving Berlin song. <laughs> I love. I found this because the great actor, uh, wonder Paul Hecht, Paul Hecht, wonderful. Oh, Paul Hecht, yeah. actor was auditioning for it and and gave the sheet music to Roger Sturdivant, and they're like, you bring it Roger said, Michael, you have to have this music. You'd be surprised, cut from, sung originally, is it by Squash? I can't tell that Squash who sings. Well, this is the Gestad version. I don't know the show. Squash and Toddy sang this song. It's it's front, cut from what show? Squash and Toddy. You know, uh, you probably haven't heard. It. It's called Victor Victoria. And oh, I don't know Victor Victoria that well. Not gonna lie, okay. I don't. Well, this is the song. You ready? I We're gonna to. change that. <laughs> just who I'm 
among the people you knew was gay as the 4th of July. Faye, as the butterflies floating by, if you but realized you'd be surprised. If you knew who's weird, among the men you revered, you'd fall off the edge of your chair. You'd gape like an ape at the names in there. Heroes the world, the whole world is prized, you'd be surprised. Bent as hairpins, queer as coots, macho men in their kinky boots, raging showgirls dyeing their roots, our heroes, our queeros. If you knew who's odd, among the workers for God who trod rather devious paths, campaigned for Sodom and Turkish baths. I knew I thought you should be apprised. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Then Toddy enters. Squash welcomes the intrusion. King's embarrassment and confusion deepen. And Squash says, I was just telling him. I was just telling him. He turns back to King. He sings, if you knew who's queen among the kings of the screen, whose movies we see every week, who in real life is a world-class shriek, he whom we all idolized, you'd be surprised. That's just the tip of the iceberg. If you knew who's strange around the old stock exchange, well, Wall Street would certainly crash. They'd offer trade-offs in lieu of cash, <laughs> and interest would certainly rise, you'd be surprised. Lady wrestlers in the mud, ballerinas men called Bud, uh, and the Duchess, who is a stud, some icons are dykons. <laughs> if you knew who's tough, but who's a true powder puff, you'd stand with your back to the wall. Stand there and maybe not move at all. You'd think your mind had capsized, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. The two hotel suites slide off stage and the song uh, continues and builds as a fully staged production number for Victoria and Company at Castle's Theater Club. If you knew who's ill, up there on Capitol Hill, the senator in the fur coat, campaigning daily to swing your vote. Customs that no one's excised, you'd be surprised if you knew who's camp. A former World Series champ, a vamp, who's the tramp at his breed. Fun in the locker room, guaranteed. Short stops are strictly advised, you'd be surprised. Uptown fairies, downtown fags, east side hits, wits and west side wags. Village festites, Harlem hags, the gay groups. The A group. If you knew who's who, among the de deviant few, the few 
maybe more than you think. They say that make more men than girls wear mink. But till the laws are revised, judges and convicts are compromised. Boy Scouts and choir boys are terrorized. Bishops and jockeys are ostracized. You'd be surprised, amazed, and stunned, and dazed, and scandalized. You'd be surprised. That's okay. That's incredible. That was cut from Victor Victoria. Well, apparently, nobody, the people who were sent the song to audition for the show, most of them refused to audition. They were so shocked by this song. They said, That's outrageous. I can't possibly. Paul Hecht among them. He canceled his audition. You know, there was such a tacky outrage. He just said, Apparently, this is, this is what people told me back then. Wow. I actually really liked the song. <laughs> Yeah, really, it's a cute song, but it's a, it's a, it's not as as offensive as as uh, "Have a Nice Day." I think. No, 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 no. But my God, wow! Oh, I I love that. You know, um, I I have to ask you because it's a show that Kevin and I have been talking about a lot recently. Uh, Into the Light, the uh, the uh, that, shr- who was the conductor of Into the Light? Kevin, who who was the conductor? Was it Jack Lee? No. Who have we talked about already? Today? Oh, Peter Howard. Yes. So I thought I would have really? the light score when I inherited Peter Howard's collection of sheet music uh, 12 years ago when he died. I thought I would have the score to Into the Light, but unfortunately yeah. it's not there. But anyway, about Into the Light was to show about the Shroud of Turin, a musical about the Shroud of Turin. Yeah, why not? I saw it. Dancing, dancing priests. Michael Duran. Michael Duran, who was in the original cast of Crazy for You, was a dancing, not dancing priest in, in Into the Light. He now runs. He ran. I don't know what he. I think he retired. He ran the Boulder Dinner Theater in Boulder, Colorado. So I know it was very. It was funded by like. Um, it was like sort of a, a church funded it. It was. It's a very almost evangelical in in the message. I think and uh, it was. Uh, there's clips on YouTube. A couple of clips. That's all I really know. Remember the composer and lyricist. No, I don't. Lee Holdridge, who wrote the theme to that great TV series in the eighties of Beauty and the Beast, with, with oh, which I love. That I can still sing that theme. He wrote the music. The lyrics are by the brilliant John Forster. Do you know that name? John mm-hmm. Forster, Forster had a show off Broadway of his own work called Both Barrels. It was a play to Good Speed in Chester, and then moved down mm-hmm. to another variety of arts. He's a wonderful. There were a lot of industrials. Yeah, I, I did a, an industrial with him many years ago with Ellen Foley, and you should look up the song "Entering Marion." Oh, I know that song. I know that. Yes. That's John Forster. That's a funny, funny song. Very funny song. Go to YouTube. Yeah. Look at Engineering Marion. Do it. It's great. Not care. Kevin will sing it for you another time. But, um, <laughs> but he wrote the lyrics to Into the Light. And a few years ago, he had a show at the, um, at the uh, what's it, where they do five shows down at, downstairs at New World Stages, uh, NAMT, NAMT, National Alliance. Oh, NAMT, yeah. Yeah. And he, and I still ran into him and I said, oh, John, he loves me. And he said, I said, John, I would love to get the score into the light. I said, oh yeah, 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 I'll send it to you. And I'm still waiting. So, but, but yeah, I think the score, as Robert said, the score was good. There were some fun songs I remember. Oh, I have a, oh, here's an obscure. I have a recording, perhaps even on this computer, of Sarah Rice, the original Joanna and Sweeney Todd, who was in all the readings of Into the Light. I don't remember if she actually did it on Broadway, but she did all the readings. She sang for me, recorded for one of these future lost Broadways, a song called The Rose, which was cut from Into the Light. Oh, um, wow. So let let me ask you a hypothetical, Michael. So let's say I'm going to give you a blank check and I say you can create any any CD you want. Full orchestrations have a good time with this blank check. What's what's the theme? What do you want? What do you want out there? What do you want preserved? I probably wouldn't do a specific show. I'd probably go through and pull as many things, either have them orchestrated from scratch or see if we can find 
the orchestrations. There's a musical I'm a big fan of from 1961 that closed out of town, closed in Detroit, of all places, called Kicks and Co. It starred uh, Burgess Meredith. Um, the Penguin. Starred, the Penguin. It starred Michelle Nichols, Lieutenant Uhura, Al Freeman Jr., wonderful black actor. And the music was by Oscar Brown Jr. And the it was originally directed by, wait for it, Lorraine Hansberry. And it played Detroit. Oh uh, it was closed, closed there. The original musical director was Jack Lee. And before he died, Jack Lee gave me the entire score to Pixie. I had all the published sheets. And a number of years ago, Oscar Brown was appearing down at the Tribeca Arts Center. And David Cleaver, who works down there, arranged for me to meet him. And I brought my sheets. And I mentioned Jack Lee. He said, Jack Lee, how's that cat doing? And I called Jack Lee. He said, Oscar Brown. I said, Oscar Brown. Wow. So I had him, Oscar signed all my sheet music. And there are great songs. I had the brilliant... Chuck Cooper, one of the great oh. singing actors we have out there. He, I, it was kind of this situation. He said, I'm coming over, pick five or 10 songs and I'll sing them. So I picked Sina, S-E-E-N-A. Do you know either of you know what that is? No. It's from 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Oh. And it's a gorgeous song. And of course, Chuck is brilliant doing it. We'll have that on a future album. I have that. Oh, that's I have exciting. a wonderful song by Fats Waller from Early to Bed. Fats Waller's Broadway musical called This Is So Nice. And he had his son play guitar on it. Gorgeous guitar. And I want to add a violinist, maybe get Aaron Weinstein to play guitar, uh, violin on it. And he also recorded uh, Mr. Kicks, which is a great song from Kicks and Co. And also... Um, Hazel's Hips, which became kind of a standard back in the day in 61, even though the show didn't make it in, that song was played on the air and people knew it at the time. So this is a great score you should know, Kicks and Co. That's a show. That's, yeah, if you're, I'm writing it down. <laughs> if, you're, if you're okay with it, Michael, because you know this will be our last song for the, for the afternoon, if that's okay, could you play something from Kicks and Co.? Yeah, I'll, I'll, let me, give me a second to pull it out of the file cabinet. Of course. <laughs> All right, so this is The Devil. Uh, Mr. Kicks singing. I think it was was in Burgess. I think it was Al Freeman Jr. or something like that. But it goes something like this. Permit me to introduce myself. The name is Mr. Kicks. I dwell in a dark dominion way down by the river Styx. The devil has sent me here because I'm full of wild tricks. And I'm such a popular fellow among all you lunatics. I teach a course in ruination from the devil's text. To folks who can't withstand temptation, step right up your necks. I hail from a hot old hellhole down along the river Styx. Allow me to introduce myself. The name is Mr. Kicks. When an old wolf starts to prowl in Out among the young lambs howling Don't you know he's looking for kicks? When a young cat full of sly tricks Spends his evening chasing fly chicks Ten to one he's looking for kicks Kicks is always in demand Cause Kicks is full of fun and laughter For lots of folks get out of hand Because it's only Kicks thereafter Shady lady and her lover Operating undercover She knows sin and virtue don't mix Raised her prim and proper. Now, wild horses couldn't stop her when she's on a manhunt for kicks. Just kicks. Looking for kicks. 
kicks. Nothing but kicks. I'm Satan's sinful servant, sent to get you in a fix. So look me up most any time. The name is Mr. Name is Mr. Name is Mr. Kicks. Oh, that was great. Oh, my gosh. I want to hear the whole score now. It's a really good song. That's a great song, right? So is everything else from this show. So is Hazel's Hips. It's a fantastic song. So it was Kicks and Co. And it was 1961, Closed Out of Town. Yep. And once again, who wrote the the score, please? Oscar Brown Jr. That's great. That's just great. He wrote music, lyrics, and book. It was his baby. And if you see the rest of the cast, besides uh, Burgess Meredith, you have, as you said, Al Freeman Jr., Michelle I see Michelle Nichols, Al Freeman yeah. Jr., William Dwyer. Michael, I have to tell you, this was so much fun today. Oh, and I and I hope that you'll you will join us again in doing something like this because it's just it's I mean, we we Kevin and I count ourselves very lucky because you know we get to call you a friend and we've been over to the apartment and so and I know so many people wish they could be in our shoes. So hopefully we gave them that that experience today. Michael, this was just an absolute pleasure. Thank you, thank you. All right, everyone, till next time. So long, listeners. Thank you for listening to today's episode. And a big thanks to the punchy players, Jeff Marquis, who is bringing back Lucy, Betty, Judy, and Morda shill for us. And a big thanks to our sound editor, Daniel Schwartzberg, and social media manager, Bethany Ann Selecki. And don't forget, we want more folks to hear these incredible stories, and that's where you come in. In order for people to find out about us, we need lots of ratings on iTunes. So head on over to iTunes, search for Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends, click on our logo, click on ratings and reviews, then write a review and leave us five stars and make us feel as special as Eliza Doolittle on Eliza Doolittle Day. Or you can leave us just one star and you can make us feel as baddie, baddie, bad as Annie did in that really weird production in Boston where Annie dreamt that she was being adopted, but then she ended up back where in the orphanage, right back where she started. Yeah, true story. Rob saw it. Yes, and it was batty. It was bizarre. I was there. I was. Oh, God. So head on over to iTunes and make us feel even more special than we already do. Patrick Flynn. What? Beth Amon. I hate this movie. Love Actually? Yes. Me too. But I also love it. Me too. But I hate it. You know what we should do? What? We should get a bunch of people together, split the movie into its 10 storylines, and then figure out this movie one story at a time. You mean people like Keith Powell and Jill Knox Powell from NBC's Connecting? Keith, why don't you show us what porn watching face is? And Washington Post columnist Alexandra Petrak? I don't know. I think every Christmas story is a horror story. Do you think it would work? It actually inspired me to plan my funeral. I dig the uh, brothel angle. Every time I think about the trailer, I'm like, I was misled. I love your use of the word shag, by the way. Can I mix your ashes with glitter? It's like eight half screenplays just put in a blender. I am positive I stayed with my ex an extra six months because we saw this in the theater. It will definitely work. What is Love Actually? Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download. All episodes out November 27th. 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.